Welcome to New Kids on the Block, a podcast for newcomers who want to explore blockchains and cryptocurrencies. On this show, we discuss and dissect all things crypto for beginners and intermediate users and help them navigate their way through this fascinating yet overwhelming new space. Let's dive right in. SantaCoin, the 10x meme coin, has a very reflective nose. If you're a serious investor, you would even say it blows like a shit coin. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to a new episode of New Kids on the Block. I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Yidu. Yidu, how are you doing? I, I'm feeling so pumped after that song, and I think Santa Coin is going to pump to the moon after that. To the moon, baby, to the moon. This is a uh, unique episode of New Kids on the Block because we're actually doing it live. That's an yes, interesting thing, right? Uh, yeah. First time meeting, and uh, we're, we're getting going. I want to let the listeners know, I guess, before we, we jump into the episode today, that uh, the sound quality that you may hear uh, may be uh, substantially better or worse, depending on uh, what we're doing. Uh, compared to uh, how we normally record because we're actually using uh, studio quality type of um, equipment today. So uh, don't get too excited about this, but um, yeah, just wanted to caveat that. I think we might just spoil our listeners with this production quality with this episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I guess um, first thing to talk about, and um, it's one of the things that we, uh, we wanted to talk about was why you're actually here so you do why are you in new york um in the frigid cold of the northeast yes i venture into the frigid weather of new york city just to attend the uh, non-fungible token nyc conference here um this past week and it was a a four-day event it was quite eventful it was you know a lot of conference sessions it was actually my first conference that i've attended in the past two and a half years since covid super excited to be here and i've run into so many different people so many good speakers a lot of good friends in a in a crypto and nft space and yeah i'm just super excited to share share with all the the detail and exciting stories with you guys yeah i think that's that's it's really awesome that um you had the opportunity to do that i know that there were some pretty cool after parties and stuff as well from (laughs) from a conference perspective so um that's pretty exciting um so I guess it's a, it's a four day event type of thing or four or five days event. Like what was the structure of, of the conference? And we know it's an NFT conference, but you know, kind yeah. of tell us about that. Yeah, it was a four day event. And every day there are, I believe three or four um, conference sites where uh, various talks were being held simultaneously. Um, talking about decentralization, it was a real decentralized conference in the sense that um, you know, all, all four, four or five different sites have all different talks at the same time, and you just have to make a choice between you know, which site to go to and uh, what type of um, um, talks or, or uh, panel discussions, depending on your interest, you wanna attend. So my, my biggest takeaway from this event is that I think the metaverse is, he- is already here and it's here to stay, and we can sit here and talk about all the NFTs, you know, um, that's coming up in the past two or three um, months um, and you know how Facebook has decided to change their name to Meta just to align with the whole Metaverse narrative and um, yeah I mean my personal expression um, or opinion is that basically everybody who's there at the conference is 100%ing on Meta, Meta, uh, Metaverse 
they are 100% on, on NFTs, on SocialFi, on GameFi, and even MusicFi, um, which has not really taken off yet, right? If you think about how compared to gaming and social social finalization, the, the final, financialization of, of music is another main new topic I'm personally very interested in. And I went, I went to one of the, the talks by, by Blau. Um, he's a, kind of an up-and-coming up DJ um, who's also very heavy in the NFT space. And he was talking about how he wants to use his own platform to build this this new uh, NFT music platform called Royo um, to be able to not only interact more better with his fans, but also reward them by becoming a kind of an early stage uh, fan in his career. And he's, he's, he's kind of a new, new up and coming artist himself, but he's already been able to use his platform to reward his fans, interact with them, and then kind of make them part of his journey in becoming a, a bigger and better star. So all of that is, is really, was what really excites me. And on top of the, the kind of the, the social fight, the, the game financialization aspect, uh, went to another session with uh, Animalka Brands, uh, which is a big um, kind of GameFi uh, investor company. They were talking about investing millions, even billions of dollars into GameFi in the next six to 12 months. And super exciting stuff. You know, if, if you're into any of these like different financialization of the new projects, um, you know, this is, this is the place to be. Right, yeah. So um, if you, if, you live under a rock and you weren't aware that Rain Man Mark Zuckerberg came out and basically, um, you know, recovered from sweaty palms from talking in front of Congress and said <laughs> that his company is now shifting to the metaverse. And why that's important, I think, is in regards to NFTs, because NFTs have a big place to uh, place to uh, or, or uh, opportunity or role in the metaverse, right? Because non-fungible tokens will now actually be items, be music, be different types of things that, that are in the metaverse that you can take into them and that can you know attribute some sort of value in, in the metaverse. Mm -hmm. So for folks who, who don't know what the metaverse is or what the concept of the metaverse is, um, go watch you know Ready Player One. Um, that's, that's such a good movie. That's a, it's a good movie. It's, a, it's an over-dramatization of probably what the metaverse is gonna look like initially. But I think, um, you know, the virtual world is probably a place where um, commercialization is is, impor is is important. And um, back when I was um, still at school doing doing my undergraduate, I did some pro projects on augmented reality and stuff like that. And the reason why a ton of money is going into the metaverse and to this concept of an augmented reality, right, is because we run out of real estate on the planet, right? So. What's a great place to start advertising and selling to people in a virtual uh, environment, right? There's sure. there's a ton of real estate there, actually an infinite amount. So, uh, really exciting stuff. Yeah, what you're seeing here is kind of a virtual land grab in the metaverse. Like all of these new different projects, like Sandbox, um, Decentraland, just popping up. You know, in the past uh, six months, they, are, they actually Decentraland was around during the 2017 cycle but you know they really the, the, the popularity with these platforms just shot up through the roof in the past two weeks just because of the Facebook announcement and what they're doing essentially is to to having that first mover or second mover advantage into the space in order to to be able to compete with a like a centralized protocol right I don't know about you Fody, but personally I, I don't I'm not really a big fan of Facebook like 
trying to creating another centralized virtual or augmented reality metaverse we let's let's decentralize this let's have the decentralized protocols or companies take over and try to beat them right we don't need another facebook another google to 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 dominate and um you know be the central authority having possession of all our data in the metaverse we don't want that that's that's just too dystopian to my liking so yeah i mean that's why i'm personally very excited to have these seeing these all of these companies and protocols trying to to build exciting new stuff in in the metaverse um and you know i'm here for it yeah i think i I think what comes with facebook and now in in the music industry you got like republic like big record labels and obviously you're at the conference you hear guys like gary v that are all about now you know nfts yeah um it's kind of like lame right for the actual technology and but you know like because it's mainstream now right so it's, it's no longer like a developer you know very decentralized thing which is what what people got into crypto in the first place for right. but but what i'll caveat it with is saying that it does give and provide more investment into it and it legitimizes it in a sense because now people people are saying oh wow facebook is out there and they're talking about the metaverse metaverse is real (laughs) so what comes with that at least in my opinion or what what i hope would happen is that we have innovation and we have more companies that do pop up that do try and keep the true spirit of decentralization of metaverse Mm -hmm. and the great tenants that you know crypto is built upon that can go and eat the lunch of traditional types of companies like facebook out there that are trying to get into this so absolutely yeah let's 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 use their brand name power to attract all the attention we have and then let's let's just fight them absolutely in in the metaverse (laughs) yeah yeah i got a i got a i got a couple santa coins i'll throw at them no problem um so what were some of like the the cool um types of talks that that you you saw i mean you mentioned you know the the blau talk um Mm -hmm. i think you sat in on the gary v um fireside chat i did yeah yeah, I mean, Gary Vee is, is, is such a, a kind of an OG, right? When it comes to social marketing and um, now he has his own NFT. He's, he's like super deep in NFT now and uh, he gets it, right? He, he's, a, he's one of the OGs that led social marketing to its, to its apex. He gets the whole power of the transition from Web 2 to Web 3 and how NFT is going to be the shift a cultural shift right it's a sea change you know from the the whole traditional um kind of web to where you 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 read you you write um your own content to the web free space where you read you write and you own your own content right we're both content creators ourselves we know how important it is to to have ownership to have provenance about the, the data about the the content you own so I'm personally really inspired by his talk and he's, you know, he's this, this character, you know, larger than life character who just like tells you, you know, he's, whatever he says is like golden, right? Just, just do it. It can't go wrong with get what Gary does. And, and it's, it's just, just not him, right? There's so many other talks that um, I'm personally very interesting. We already mentioned the, the game, the music fi. Uh, there are, I also went to a few like game fi panels uh, where people are talking about what's the future of gaming, right? Like you and I, we're both gamers ourselves. Alluvium. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Alluvium could be the future or, or, or yield, uh, YGG, I think, yield, uh, yield Guild game. 
uh, a bunch of other platforms has been come up in the past um, few months all any of them could be the winner right we don't know who's going to be the winner but what what is undoubtedly true is that we're going to have a, a like a competition like a, a arms race among so many different platforms trying to find the perfect play to earn model right play to earn is the future right we're so sick and tired of sending money or giving money to these big you know gaming companies wasting all of our, our time just to like get nothing back right like what if yep. we have a model where everyone we can play to earn we can we can play our favorite game while getting rewarded financially for it to me that should be the future of gaming yeah and i think we, we've already kind of seen that start right with axie infinity so um if anyone is unfamiliar with axie infinity it's a very crude looking um, mobile type of game that's out there that's nft based um, and that um, there are folks in developing countries in the philippines and parts of asia that are making more money playing axie infinity than they would doing you know that their, their traditional type of work right so it's mm -hmm. already starting to shape the world um, which is why we kind of see axie as the begin you know it's the first mover mm -hmm. right so if you actually look at the axie token it is more expensive than any other it has higher market cap than any of the other types of um, NFT game types of companies that are out there. But uh, I mean, it just kind of opens the door, right? And mm -hmm. shows you the art of the possible with something like um, GameFi. Yeah, I, I mean, Axie is a great example, right? I, I'm personally, I don't really play Axie, but based on my initial impression, like it seems to be like a very, you know, rudimentary in terms of the image and also the, the visual effect. The art, yeah. Yeah, but the fact that Axie Infinity can achieve such great success without even, without having like a perfect visual visualization aspect, it tells you the whole story, right? What if we can have like a really proper gaming company or a protocol which can design a really kick-ass game uh, with financial incentives built in, with everything on the blockchain, that's going to be a huge game changer, personally. Alluvium. I'm gonna say it again. All right, we'll I'm gonna see. put that out there. Um, yeah, so that's so. Um, so you 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 sat in on some some GameFi, um, some MusicFi. There were some other interesting talks. Um, mm -hmm. Any interesting kind of after events and networking events and stuff like that? Do we have some other people lined up maybe to talk on the pod? Is that, is that Potentially, I'm yeah. I talked to some interesting folks. Um, my I guess one party that I, you know, reckons I guess um resonates with me the most is the the Beeple party uh, actually yeah. uh, the very last night of the tell people who Beeple is first before. sure yeah. sure so Beeple is a digital artist who has been creating daily content for the past uh, more than 10 years now he um, he started as a just like a, a small artist he built his own community uh, on social media I believe on, on Instagram Twitter and some other platforms and every day he releases one piece of art. Uh, usually it's some sort of, you know, provocative, you know, dystopian art, uh, which is, is very reflective of, of the current events, uh, has to do with tech, sometimes politics, sometimes arts. And um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's been, he had been doing that for, for more than 10 years and he got very popular, he had his own community. And earlier this year, he was able to sell his um, his art called uh, 5,000 Days, which is a, a, a reference to his work for the past 5,000 days. It went on uh, uh, 
Christie's, and I believe it was sold for $69 million. Casual $69 million. Just a right. casual $69 million, which is the largest um, sale ever in the digital art space. So, yeah, and then he basically he become the, the number one digital artist right now and he's you know he's he's the guy right so i was able to attend his his party uh, last day at the conference i saw him in person um just seems like a really chill guy right he's like a i think he's from yeah, wisconsin he's got 69 million dollars right so he's, he's a got, lot more chill right yeah than now. for sure for sure <laughs> he has all the reasons to chill now but yeah i mean it was at the party and, and um i think there's a bunch of like high high profile dj alessa was there spinning and yeah i mean overall it was just like 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 really great experience and at the end they were able to show the five thousand days art on the giant gigantic screen in front of everyone in the room people was there and telling the story it was just a really surreal and amazing experiences you know yeah it sounds exciting um and you know it's, it's cool to um to i guess just be involved in in, in something like that since I mean, if we, if we talk about NFTs and a lot of, you know, like currently today, right, mm-hmm. a lot of NFTs have kind of dropped, right? So right. even, I mean, we had a whole episode on NFTs. We talked about the big projects. Right. And we talked about, you know, things like Board Ape, or Board Ape Yacht Club and stuff. And all the floor prices have generally dropped. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's related just due to gas fees in Ethereum. That's a can of worms I'm not going to open up. <laughs> I've recently experienced a little bit of pain on that. Um, but... Uh, you know, I think it's fair to say that NFTs really is at the infancy, right? I mean, this is really the first year explosion of NFTs. Maybe the technology and the proof of concepts have been out for longer, but I mean, this is the year that NFTs exploded. And I think right. people are still trying to figure out from an investment perspective, how much, you know, to invest in, how much to kind of move into that type of market. So Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think NFTs are still in its infancy. Um, you had back in 2017, you had the projects like CryptoKitties or, or Etherox, you know, which turned us out to be, um, you know, like CryptoKitties was not really successful as, as some of the other projects. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some some OG projects which took off like CryptoPunk, uh, etc. But at the same time, I feel like we're still early, you know, like we're when you attend the conference, everybody is saying we're so early. We're, we're like in 1980s. Uh, pre you know internet you know pre macbook era and everything was just like in a, such a infant state that everyone like the opportunity is infinite right everyone can come in if you have enough knowledge you have enough ambition everyone can come in right and create their own project and it does not mean that all the project we are seeing right now is going to succeed in 25 or 30 years but you know there some are will die. Oh, some will die for sure like yeah. Gary Vee said put it really well he said 99% of the NFT projects are going to zero you know for sure I agree with him on that like there's just so many so many um, new projects coming up you know not everyone's going to make it unfortunately but for those that actually make it they're going to be we're, we're witnessing the, the, the history being made right in front of our eyes right we're seeing all these artifacts like each each piece of um, piece of construction on the on the sandbox metaverse is going to be an artifact of the of the future right we're going to be able to tell our grandkids oh i own this this little piece of property in the sandbox metaverse um, back in 2020 right 2022 
So yeah, I'm personally very excited for that. That does not mean that the market is going to keep going up. We're going to see corrections. You know, this is just one minor correction in my opinion. We're going to see more of them, um, but corrections are always healthy for the for the for the for the you know long term stability of NFTs. Right. Yeah. So. So that's exciting. Um, I think we we've covered um, the NFT conference pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, um, we'll get to see um, you know kind of where that market moves. I mean, we'll continue to see it. I'm going to be minting uh, on a whitelist for an NFT that you know I talked about recently um, later today. Mm-hmm. And you know, hope hope you know some people hope that some of the projects that they're investing in just don't go to zero and <laughs> we can all hope for that yeah just remember like you know none of this is financial advice be careful with you know only putting what you can lose you can't afford to lose we're, yes. we're just here to have fun yeah this is clout advice it's only clout advice not financial advice if you want to be cool uh you invest in everything that i invest in okay so um, there's some other news. Um, so we covered kind of like why you're here, which is awesome. Um, there's some other news out there that I think is particularly interesting. Um, and it's just, you know, you have Bitcoin and Ethereum. Ethereum's kind of been up. Um, Bitcoin's kind of been consolidating. The, the market this week in general has kind of been a little bit flat. And what we've seen with that has been the introduction of meme coins. So if you listen to... <laughs> Um, my intro um, was talking about a, a meme coin that I got into earlier this week. Um, that's a was a very interesting one. I actually got on a, uh, a content creator on, on TikTok, one of his live streams, and triggered him pretty hard. Um, <laughs> just talking about this coin, which is called Santa Coin. Um, and I, I, I want to talk not necessarily about the meme coins, but just kind of the interesting, I guess, movement. It, it, it almost appears like people are bored in in this type of market where the the normal market is just kind of you know steady calm mm-hmm. waters and they want to just jump into something that they think you know they'll mess around in a, in a new coin every day <laughs> for you know a couple hundred bucks throw some money around um which right. is just fascinating to me i mean what are, what are your thoughts on this stuff so first of all there's this ongoing meme about every time there's a conference usually the the market just goes down because all the people who can buy the dip are at the conference right so yeah take take whatever you too many whales in too many whales in the same room nobody can buy yeah but putting that aside i i do think that that reflects this sort of mentality especially with retail where um everybody you know who wants to see that who wants to see the numbers go up and whenever they see the flat market they go out, out get, go out on their risk curve and go chase something more risky, right? So, and as, like you said, you know, Bitcoin and, and ETH have been kind of range bound, consolidating for a while, and that means the money is some of the money might be flowing off to some of the shit coins, you know, including uh, our favorite sheep, you know, Doge, and even the latest ground shit coin, Santa coin, Santa coin. Am I allowed to say that, Fody? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't care. I'm not in it anymore, so we can we can call it for what it is. I mean, I think the interesting thing about Santa Coin. I mean, I'm going to touch like two two seconds on this, but it actually pay, paid in reflection. So when I said you know Santa Coin has a very reflective nose instead of a red nose like Rudolph, um, what I was talking about is that just by holding this meme coin, mm-hmm. right, the Santa Coin, um, for a certain period of time, what was happening is every transaction that was made either buy or sell for Santa coin was taxed um, there's another coin out there that's called evergrow evergrow coin that does something similar right mm-hmm. 
and it pays back in reflections. And what reflections are is just an airdrop to your wallet. So if you hold a certain amount of Santa coin, I think that I was getting paid like $5 an hour, right? In, in Binance bucks and mm. Binance USD just for holding that coin. So I held that yeah. coin for two days and made about 120 bucks, which was kind of bizarre and still made some money on it. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think, kind of a little unique um, twist on that particular meme coin, which made it interesting for me. For sure. Um, because, um, you know, you typically you'll, you'll see reflections in certain coins, but they'll pay you back in that coin. So if you buy something like Evergrow, for example, which I'm not suggesting you do, it's this is not financial advice, but if you buy it and you hold it, they'll pay you back in Evergrow coin, right? Yeah. And if Evergrow coin goes to zero, then you're SOL, as they say. But in Santa Coin's example, if Santa Coin goes to zero, well, you have BUSD that's out there. You have a stable coin. Um, so it was just an interesting thing, uh, interesting project, I guess. Uh, that was yeah, yeah. I think I, we're seeing a lot of these type of interest-bearing tokens that have popped up uh, in the past few weeks. Most of them are kind of a, a rip-off from, um, I think, OHM or Olympus DAO, uh, which is another kind of a weird DeFi protocol which has catched a lot of attention lately. Weird because no one knows who actually actually created it. Is that why? And then that's why that, that also, and also they have some weird tokenomics. Some people might refer to it as Ponzi-nomics. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and be the judge, you know, whether that's right or wrong. But there, are, there's a bunch of like Olympus DAO copycat projects that's popped up in the past what few. What do you mean exactly by Ponzi-nomics? Let's talk, let's touch on that. Sure. Yeah. So my understanding of the of the protocol is that. Basically, it's so it's it's allowing um, new users, right? When the new users users come in, they would um, pay certain share of their their um, token transactions price to the old users. So some people might think that's that's Ponzi, um, but apparently Olympus DAO has come up with this very super complicated economic mechanism to make it look less Ponzi. So, um, and same same way that uh, I think Temple DAO is another one that kind of imitated that, uh, but that's like even weirder twist because apparently in order to join the Temple DAO, you need to read through like a long ass verse or prayer to be to become part of the DAO. Right. So it almost Sacrifice becomes, your, your firstborn. To right, it's almost yeah. like a, become a, a, a little bit of a cult. So that's also like a weird turn. I did not. So it's not religious advice, by the way. Folks. It's not no. religious do, advice. Do you? Either. Yeah. So anyway, so so like Temple Dao, Olympus Dao, are kind of similar in terms of the mechanism. Um, you know, kind of. Yeah. Some people think it's Ponzi-nomics. I'm still I'm still trying to wrap my head around it to be honest to be able to to make a full judgment i don't personally mm -hmm. own any but yeah. you know that doesn't mean that it's it, it cannot work maybe it will be the the new what they call the DeFi 2.0 could be you know based on these type of uh weird tokenomics yeah and so. it, i think i think a lot of these meme coins or shit coins as as you likes to put it because he's very emphatic about it he does not like these things <laughs> they are shit but anyway um you know, I think the philosophy that they, or the, the way I like to attribute it is the greater fool theory, right? You're just, you're hoping someone else is dumb enough to come in and buy it at a higher price. Yeah. And there's no actual utility, right? So it's just, that's what moves the market. It's just whoever's bigger, the bigger idiot comes right. in and buys, right? right? And keep in mind, we're, we're in the center of the bull market here. So like, there's going to be a lot of frothiness in the market, like weirder and newer shit will come up, which will, you know, blow your mind, literally. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if things like that pop um, in the next few weeks and then something new would come up 
and you have another you know everything in the crypto market is like you're literally in a wonderland of new stuff coming out day in and day out so yeah i blame social media on this uh phenomenon by the way you know it's the uh the kind of uh need something now you know instant uh, gratification that we've grown accustomed to that if the market's a little level let's go invest in some nonsense mm -hmm. right which uh I am guilty of doing, so I am also an <laughs> idiot. Okay, um, any other kind of topics you want to touch upon? Uh, I think we had um, maybe wanted to talk about um, some of the um, just a, just the general trend of, of the market and kind of you know you mentioned the bull run a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think overall, uh, in terms of the overall markets, uh, I'm not too concerned. I mean, um, you can see some signs of you know over um i guess leverage leverageness if you will but overall the market has been okay like the funding rate for bitcoin as i'm checking this chart here uh it's just a mildly positive um so it's not like the market is not like over levered and uh, we're still in this range between 64 and uh, 59 uh, relatively stable and if you look at the cloud, uh, it's not too overly stretched. We're not seeing like a C clamp between the fast moving average and the slow moving average. Um, that that means you know we're we're somewhat stable in this range. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about overall um, healthiness of the market. Same thing with Ethereum. Uh, if I can pull this chart quick over quickly, uh, we did get a new high, a new all time high on ETH. Um, I think we're not right now at 4600. So yeah, I mean we're, we're we're in a price discovery mode with ETH, which is always good. Um, it hasn't really broken up very quickly, not just yet. But I do expect, uh, as we, as we as the, the the ironic part is that as as much as high as the gas fees are, it's actually a good thing for the Ethereum network, right? Because the the demand is gonna keep going up, and uh, we're gonna keep burning um, ETH under the EIP fifteen fifty nine. Uh, burning mechanism, which means ETH is going to continue to be deflationary and thus push up the price. So, you know, all the gas fees, hopefully it's going to be temporary for you, Fody. Yeah, I mean, what I guess for, for the average person, I dipped my toe in, in kind of this, you know, Ethereum um, minting, right, of an NFT project that came out. It's called uh, the Divine Anarchy, and it's an anime-based um, NFT that recently came out. It has a huge following. Um, their Discord's over 145,000 or 125,000 people. They have over 40,000 followers on Twitter. So I was like, hmm, this will be this will be fun. Like, let's do this, right? Let's get into this thing. So I sit there. I'm I wait for the mint, which is it was 9 a.m. yesterday. We're recording today, uh, Sunday, November 7th. So this was Saturday, uh, November 6th, and I'm sitting there. Um, and I clicked mint because I've minted an NFT before. So I said, okay, this is, this is normal, right? But I guess for, for really popular projects, what happens is um, for the average person that doesn't know, everyone's trying to mint at the same time on the network. So what you have to do is you have to basically provide incentive for the miners to actually pick up your transaction ahead of other people, right? So I did not know this. Um, there, if you look on your MetaMask, um, and if you use MetaMask as a wallet, there's a there's a little button that says speed up, right? So you can click and speed up. So I'm sitting there, and it's like three grand to uh, to to complete this transaction, right? So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I'm not paying three grand for this thing. Mm -hmm. That's insane to me. And then 
what happens is it fluctuates up and down. So it goes two, two and a half, three grand. And then I see it's all sold out. <laughs> so I think that the frustrating thing for me isn't that um, my transaction didn't get picked up. It's that it didn't fail faster, right? It, right. Like I was trying to mint and I had to pay, I, I paid about $900 in gas fees to mint. And I couldn't attempt another transaction against my wallet until that transaction actually failed, which took yeah. about half an hour, which and, is crazy. Yeah, and if you want to cancel it, you have to pay another cancellation fee to the miner. To it's extortionary, folks. Right. It's extortionary <laughs> stuff. Yeah, I mean, I want to be like really like neutral about it. I, I'm, I, by all means, I'm like the biggest Ethereum bull in the room. Yep. But the fact that you had to pay hundreds, thousands of dollars in order to mint or even not mint your NFT is, is insane, right? Like that, this is not sustainable and we have to fix it. How do we fix it? We need to get layer two, we need to get layer two solution in place as soon as possible. I know we already have Arbitrum and Optimism, um, uh, I think they call it beta still, but they're not being fully deployed yet. We need to get those deployed as soon as possible, right? Like platform, like layer two platform uh, and for NFTs like Immutable X is, is a great solution for that. I know they've already started to, to go online recently and you know things cannot can can't come fast enough for these layer two solutions and the reason why they can't come fast enough is that your average person is not going to pay nine hundred dollars for a transaction that um is ultimately is going to fail right just give 900 bucks to the ethereum gods that are sitting on the network right yeah yeah you're gonna scare away like 90 percent of the ordinary users who are trying to 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 just interact with the protocol, right? Like we're talking about usability of Ethereum. And frankly, it has been terrible for the for the past six months because of the gas wars, the, the minting of the NFTs and all the layer one um, complications. So that's why we need layer two. We also need, uh, ideally, you know, once we switch over to, to proof stake, hopefully uh, early or mid next year, uh, that's going to further uh, reduce the burden uh, since we're switching over from the proof of work mechanism to proof of stake that's going to no longer require the you know astronomical gas fees yeah and if and if anyone caught picked it up there when i when i said the average person's not going to that was a humble brag saying that i'm not the average person i'm actually such a uh, unique uh, individual and diverse and just like so cool man god <laughs> i'm so cool i threw 900 dollars on the drain it's awesome um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, that, that can't come soon enough, obviously. Um, and I guess we'll just wait to see. Um, I'm, I'm in, the other NFT that I'm minting today, and, and mm -hmm. it'd be cool for other projects to kind of pick this up as well, is they're actually implementing a ticketing system. So the ticketing system is cool. It's this project called the Shikai. Um, I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast um, where they're actually making a manga and the, um, there's only 4,000 of them, which was a slight correction from what I previously mentioned. Um, and you know that they're going to be involved in the story and all that great stuff. Fine, yeah. it's a project that I like. Who cares? What people care, what should care about, is actually the technical implementation of it. Which is, if you pay for the ticket, right? You pay what the minting fee would be for your ticket. Mm -hmm. You can you reserve that NFT on the Ethereum blockchain, and when gas fees are low, you can just go and mint. Mm -hmm. So instead of having to get into these gas wars, you can actually ticket, wait, and mint. And I think that is such a smart idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, think that's, that's what a lot of the smarter projects are starting to do. 
to avoid gas wars, right? Because nobody wants a gas war. It puts a burden on the entire Ethereum network. It, it, it priced out 90% of the people. It only allows, it becomes a whales game, right? Nobody wants Ethereum, Ethereum to become a whale network. Uh, it kind of already is, if you think about it, yep. sadly. But uh, which is why some of this traffic is being routed to over to other layer two or Solana, Solana your Solanas, yeah. Avalanches, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the long term, for the long term benefits of the network, let's have more you know projects do these type of blind box ticketing system to avoid the gas wars, and that's at least in the short term is going to alleviate some of the burdens on the ETH network. Yep. All right. So I think that uh, that probably is going to wrap it up. I think the last thing, maybe we can just do a rapid fire of some of the things that we're looking at this week and some of the projects that we're looking at, and then we'll uh, we'll sign off for today. So Yudo, I'll let you go first. So yeah, I think we can probably mention uh, the Squidcoin. <laughs> yeah. Whole saga with Squidcoin has been kind of fascinating. I mean, I was at the conference the whole time, so I didn't really pay too much attention to it, except that I was getting bombarded from my normie friends who are texting me about it, you know shit hit the fan where your normie friends were talking about crypto, right? It's, it's happening on MSNBC or uh, CNBC rather, uh, when you know this, this basically there was a rug pull for the squid coin. Um, was it like the, one of the protocol makers who just rug pull everybody else and then the coin went crazy from like, was it like from $20,000? I forgot the exact numbers, but the number basically dumped 90% in, in 20 minutes. And before you know it, uh, people lost a bunch of money. Uh, I think one of the investors in China lost like his entire life savings just in one coin. Idiot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but at the same time, you just feel bad for them, right? Like, why would you ever put your entire life saving into a, a, a anonymous um, shitcoin that you know has no backing right it just breaks my heart every time I hear about stories like that uh, but again it just reminds us you know crypto is incredibly risky incredibly volatile always do your own research don't you know don't fall for anyone don't trust anyone do your own research and don't fall for the rug pulls yeah and in the, in the great words of Frank Reynolds uh, another it's always sunny in Philadelphia reference because I love to do those there are two people in life, the dupees and the dupers. You guys are the dupees and we are the dupers, right? So, I mean, anytime you're investing in these type of types of coins, right? You want to look at the contract if you can. You want to look at there's a there's a really cool tool out there called Dex Tools, mm -hmm. um, where you can go and you can get like a relative score on the safety of any of these types of coins that are out there. Um, right. There was another one that was called Crypto Hippies that literally rug pulled in like an hour. Um, so be safe out there, folks. Right? Um, yeah. Do your due diligence if you're investing in these types of things. Yeah. Don't don't FOMO. Right? Like FOMO is I know like we all do that, but like try to avoid as much as you can. Whenever you feel you feel the urge to to ape into something, think twice. Sleep on it. You know, at least wait. Give yourself 24 hours before you make that decision. You know? Yeah, or slap yourself in the face. You know, either one that of those too. things. Yeah, yeah, just wake up out of your dreamland. Um, yeah. So quickly, I'm, I'm just going to talk about MetaHero. Uh, MetaHero is a project that I'm really fascinated in. We've been talking about the metaverse. Uh, MetaHero Meta is a project that's out there right now that is actually leveraging um, kind of engineering that's going to do f f facial scans and full body scans. So imagine you're, you are actually now implanted in the metaverse, right? So mm -hmm. instead of having some kind of weird dragon type thing, you actually want to put yourself in the metaverse. 
um, MetaHero is going to be and enable folks to do that once that technology comes around. So really cool project out there. The token ID or the, the symbol itself is called Hero. I mean, that's so cool. Um, really great project. Pretty cheap right now. Um, I think it's about 14 or 15 cents uh, for a coin on MetaHero. Um, their market cap is small to medium cap. I think they're under mm-hmm. 100 million. Um, so yeah, really cool project. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait to buy some matter here for myself. <laughs> NFA, folks, NFA. Um, is there any other ones that you want to talk about, you do, or should we? Um, I think the only other thing, well, I guess speaking of um, kind of the whole metaverse um, theme, um, you know, we already talked about um, Mena and um, Sandbox, which are kind of the, the top projects, you know, I'm keeping an eye on. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, keep an eye on the just to kind of tie it all together, right? Just keep an eye on the on the, all the, the major metaverse related projects. Um, I'm not going to pick any winners here. My plan is to kind of um, like a shotgun approach, you know, just kind of just spray it, spray and pray, <laughs> as they would say, yep. you know, hoping, hoping for the best. I do think we're going to see uh, another wave of, of meta related projects coming up. So yeah, definitely keep an eye out. Um, keep an eye out for them and make sure you're you have some exposure. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, there's Arcona, there's Engine, there's Sandbox, there's Meta, there's MetaHero, there is Alluvium, there's Axie Infinity. Those are kind of more on the gaming side, right? But they they there's talks of them kind of evolving into the metaverse and stuff like that. So definitely. Yeah, fascinating. Okay, cool, folks. So thank you very much for joining us on a new episode. We're gonna, we'll cut it a little short today, but uh, you. We should do this again sometime, man. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, Seeing this is super room. fun. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it again. All right, folks. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you uh, again. Hopefully sometime this week we'll, we'll record again, uh, talk about the state of the market. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks all. Peace. What is on the street you found someone? I guess now it goes to tone.